Welcome to the Body Forward Podcast. I'm Kenzie Burke, your host, and it is here I call upon you to be moved, elevated, transformed, and ultimately propelled forward. Hello, everybody. I am here with the stunning Brooke McKenzie. Is that your last name? No, McKenzie is my middle name. Baldwin is my new last name. (laughs) Brooke Baldwin, but I call her Brooke McKenzie. (laughs) that's the Instagram name and we have the same name. So I like it. Um, Brooke. Yes. Plus we're Aries. Brooke and I work together. She helps me with strategy and finances and yes, we're both Aries. She is amazing. She's come from a corporate world, but really has a strong creative outlook and expression and having someone who has that um, sophisticated background, but that can also understand a creative is, has just been so powerful and I absolutely love her. And she is here today and we're going to talk about breaking away from the corporate world and that process. And we have some questions that you guys asked and yeah, we're just going to get into it. So Brooke, Mm -hmm. you introduce yourself in whatever way you feel called. Oh my gosh. How do I not make this 30 minutes long? It can be 30 minutes. Um, introducing myself. I, my name is Brooke. I live in the Bay Area currently. Like Kenzie said last year, I kind of finally made the decision to leave the corporate world, although it happened in, you know, a span of a few weeks. It took a a long journey to get there. It took several years of trying new things and starting things and stopping things and dabbling in a lot of different interests. And it was basically a long journey of inner work to finally know what decision was meant to be and what steps to take. So since late last year, almost the year anniversary, I have been dabbling in a lot of creative interests, honestly, from working in a bakery for three weeks and helping a baker like organize her inventory and from becoming trained in, you know, postpartum and birth doula work. And there's been so many interests that I've had. And ultimately, I discovered that a lot of these interests are just beautifully woven into my everyday life, but that a lot of my strengths in career is like you said, blending the skills that I learned in the corporate world while um, kind of blending them with creative people and being able to manage my own time. And so it's really been a beautiful past 12 months of understanding how all the pieces fit together. I think once I made the decision to leave the corporate world, I didn't know what anything looked like. It was kind of like a death and rebirth. And like, I had no idea what was on the other side of it. And so it's been a real exercise in trust in just knowing that the pieces fit together eventually. And, um, and so, yeah, there's so many different, uh, tangents I could go down, but introducing myself. Yeah. I now consult for creative, um, females, whether that's female founded brands or creators 
and help them in a wide variety of capacities from strategy, finance, to project management, podcast sponsorship outreach, kind of everything across the board um, because I've had such a diverse background in the corporate world. And then also my personal interests are very varied. So I actually am super interested in a lot of what these brands work on and the healing modalities they offer. And so it's been a beautiful coming together of all these interests and experiences. How did you, let's back up a little bit. How did you first get into the corporate world? Um, oh, like when I was born, <laughs> I, I grew up in the Silicon Valley. So it really, it wasn't even a conscious decision. It was how I was raised. It was very, um, common practice to want to work in one of the tech companies around here or at an investment bank. I remember like when I was a freshman in high school, they were like, oh, you should go into engineering. And I didn't even know what that meant. I thought that was like civil engineering. I didn't know what the engineering uh, profession even looked like. And so I kind of was just put on this train that I didn't really know what that meant and how hard it was to get out of it once you're on those train tracks. Um, and then in high school, I was super academically focused, um, very perfectionistic. So once I went to college and um, kind of got to see what my peers were doing around me, I really wanted to come across as high achieving and smart and um, just come off a certain way and kind of feel safe in that um, career and profession and wanted to feel proud when people asked what I did for work. And so I really um, kind of got onto that path without consciously knowing um, why I chose it. And um, I always was really good at math and science and analytical minded. So being able to like come off well in that arena kind of put me into that path. Did you feel pressure to go to college and to get a really good job? Oh yeah. Or quote unquote, you know, a job that was of that caliber? Yes. I think the first like moment I felt pressure was in high school wanting to go to a good school. Um the high school I went to is a, you know, very well-respected prep high school in the Bay Area. And I think like 20% of my class went to like Stanford and I was in a math class where everyone was going to Ivy Leagues. And so like, I didn't even think about what I wanted. I just was like, oh my God, like admissions day is coming. This is going to be so embarrassing if I'm not going to an amazing school. And so like that one year run up to applying to colleges was absolutely only focused on like how to how do I maximize my application and so I researched like what um, major is the easiest to get into what percentage of women get in versus men like I totally tried to play up my skills with like what these colleges were looking for and so um, so yeah I felt a lot of pressure and um, you know, of course, if we could all do these things again, we would. But I think it um, is a very high pressure environment in in high school and in college. 
luckily, once I got to college, I felt like I could take the um, foot off the brake and I kind of let myself slide and just take classes I was super passionate about. I didn't really think about jobs once I was in college. I think as soon as I graduated, my mindset changed. Um, but yeah, I thought like, oh, cool. I have the college on my resume. I'm I'm safe for the next four years until I have to worry again. <laughs> and then when you jumped into working after, I feel like this is where, I mean, we all have our different life lessons and I obviously didn't take this route. I've taken other routes and had these same realizations, but you know, when you dedicate so much time to getting a certain education or doing something and then you get the job and you realize it's not what you thought it was going to be, what is that? Then, then what, you know, because I think that's where so many people just settle in their life because they feel like they have to. And I believe that nothing is a mistake. You, you always gain something, even if yes, college is not a mis- It's not a mistake, but you know, it, it can be an expensive lesson, but sometimes the most expensive lessons are the best ones. So I believe that everything brings us to a certain place, but I do think a lot of people don't change their life because they feel like, well, I dedicated four years to this. I've spent all this money. I have this job. I have to be here. What was your process in that? Oh yeah. I have a lot of things I want to say about that, but but yeah, being in a job that doesn't feel good is I think one of the most harmful things you can I mean, replace job with anything in a relationship that doesn't feel good in any situation that doesn't feel good is so harmful. Um it was very harmful to my body, it was harmful to my soul, my joy, my spirit, everything. Um, it manifested in a lot of ways. Um, I think, you know, one of the ways that relates to your work is it related, it, um, manifested in, you know, eating habits that didn't feel good. And in a body that didn't feel good, I was stressed. I was like trying to, um, comfort myself. And so it manifested a lot with body and movement. Um, but also just with, um, joy and like my own relationship with myself and my, ability to express my interest to people around me. I think that I had a very hard time because I think if anyone is in a place in their career where it doesn't feel aligned, there's something where things inside of you are not aligning with your external environment, like the things that you are passionate about and care about and want to dedicate your time to. It's not how you're spending your time. And so that's very, um, it's just a really hard place to be. Um, I think things that don't, that aren't good for your mind, aren't good for your body. I think things that aren't good for, uh, your soul aren't good for your body. Like, I just think it was, it was a very hard, like six year journey. Um, it got to the point where it was manifesting and manifesting in, you know, panic attacks and very harmful and scary thought patterns around like, how do I pull myself out of this situation? Um, So I forget the second part of your question. I really wanted to touch on it. (laughs) Uh, What was the second part of your question? Well, what was the process in kind of breaking free? Yeah. From that. Um, And I love everything you said. I mean, I think that health 
if you are not happy and aligned, nothing really works. Like you can eat so, so well, but you know, your digestive system shuts down. Mm -hmm. I have have the same thing when I'm not aligned. I get terrible anxiety, panicky anxiety. And it's, it's, you can't control that kind of anxiety when you're in that state and it just can ruin your life. I mean, Mm -hmm. and the beautiful thing about being aware of it is for me now, I know when I start to feel that way in my body, something's not right in life. Yeah. It's a good gauge, but yeah, to push through that for a long time is really unhealthy. Yeah. I think the process of breaking free of it, I think um, now, like you said, I listen to my intuition a lot more, but there are so many times over the period where I didn't feel aligned in my career, where I like started to dabble in other work, like I did things on the side, but I never quite felt the courage to fully go after something. One, because it was kind of like I was, I felt like I was kind of faking it. Like I was interested in all these things, but I wasn't quite living that way yet. I just knew that I didn't want to be where I was, but I wasn't quite evolved to the place where I was acting in the world aligned with the career I wanted to be in. Like they weren't quite lining up. Um, But then last year it was, it just was at a point where there was no other choice I, um, it was like, I, I, I wrote this essay after I quit my job, like a letter to myself reminding me whenever I have doubt, like it was kind of a letter to myself to remind me that I made the right choice. Um, I wrote that like your intuition whispers, your intuition is very soft. It's gentle until you keep ignoring it. And then it's going to scream and try to destroy everything in your life, basically. Mm -hmm. It's a much uh, better worded quote than that. But it's true that there were so many whispers along the way. And then last year it was, oh my gosh, your life will fall apart if you do not listen and you do not finally make the choice to step into a career or um, a profession that's more creative and allows you to manage your time and, and flow differently every day and work with creative women and like not sit in this cubicle for nine hours a day. Like you are going to fully break down if you don't do that. And I did, I was having daily panic attacks. I remember I was on vacation with my family and I just went into the kitchen after like a meeting. It it got to the point where after every meeting I was in, like I, I was turned on a hundred percent. Like I was trying to perform really well And then I shut my computer and every time I just like started crying. And so I like walked into the kitchen and I think finally my parents were um, like, they were like, we, we support you. Like we understand that this is not good for you anymore. And so I feel like I, at that point, I still had to get validation from other people that it was okay to make that choice. I think I still felt like a failure by leaving But hearing the words of people around me supporting me and trusting me and um, seeing, like finally physically seeing how unhealthy it was, I think I finally got the courage to make that choice. And then once I felt what that felt like, oh my God, I will never, I will never not trust that voice again because it's been like literally, it's been nothing but joy and exploratory since then. Like, yes, of course, we can talk about how 
entrepreneurship is hard and it's like very hard work and it's long hours and all these things, but it is such a different energy and it's so much more rewarding. And there is like, I have never been led down a wrong path since then, since like listening to that voice. I think there's more room for creative expression and creative mistakes Mm -hmm. (laughs) as in entrepreneurship. You really do learn as you go and you do kind of learn from what works, what doesn't work. Like even you and I working together, we've had, we were like, okay, this was really working. Now this isn't working like this. Like that's kind of how you navigate entrepreneurship because there's no structure. There's no, you don't come into a space and someone tells you what to do. So it's Mm -hmm. actually easy to make. I mean, I've made large mistakes in my entrepreneurship journey, but I do feel like you're more in control and you can use the lessons for your spiritual evolution almost. It's, it's, it's fun. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's You learn so much about yourself too. Yeah. Have you used human design or astrology to help you structure your new business and what you're doing now? Yeah, I think that's interesting. I, I'm a projector and I wish I knew more about my profile. Eric just told me all about it, but <laughs> I um, I think something about like the hermit, I don't know. But yeah, I'm a projector and I think that really aligns with how I support people in my work. I think I'm very good at like intuiting what people need support with and also like I, th- I will always want to be in that support role vor- versus the you know, star of the show. Like I really don't like being the center of attention. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not going to like, you know, it's really funny. Like my first job out of college was in sales and it was a nightmare. I'm not a, I'm not that kind of personality. And so, yeah, in my work, I always, um, I just, the energetics are there that I am, there to like see where people need support, create process, understand where efficiencies need to be made, give people the information to make decisions. So I definitely, and and like we said, like manage my own time. I think that's super important to being a projector and like what I need. Um, Some days I work for like 12 hours because it feels good. And other days I don't work at all because my schedule allows for that or my contracts do. Um, and then with astrology, it's interesting because, um, Eric and I were talking about like how expression is so important in my chart and to me. And I think I've like really stepped into that lately, even with starting a podcast, like I, it's just all about like expression in the physical work, but then also in me being able to share it with people around me and to a larger audience. Um, So, so yeah, it's always in the back of my head. I think that I more so than following astrology or human design, I just listen to my body and what feels good. And then generally those are reflected in all those, you know, uh, charts. So Yeah. Yeah, it's so helpful when you get that information and then you know how to kind of set up your structures and your work life based Mm -hmm. on what works for you because especially with human design, I feel like they human design is really good at telling you how to work. Um, 
and not just work as in a job, but but how to operate every day, you know, based on your energy type. And mm-hmm. I find that it's so spot on. And you are such a projector too, in a, in the best way. But yeah, when, you know, you're like, I'm not going to come to you. You can come to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because <laughs> I that's love kind of- that. And I love that right off the bat, we established that. Yeah. And I could always like sense how you were, like how your energy was and where you were headed. Like, I feel like we were, we've just been so in sync, like without even having to talk, I know which, what like direction you're moving in. Yeah. I feel when, when you know me, I feel like you can read me very easily. People can read mm-hmm. me very easily because I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah. It's very obvious, which sometimes is a pain because <laughs> oh, no. I can't fake anything. No, I do the same. <laughs> it's helpful in some ways. Yeah, it is. What is your – so your podcast is coming out soon mm-hmm. and I love what you told me about it, but would you talk about your podcast and your mission with it? Yes. It is called – well, it will be called The Feminine Profiles Podcast. Oh, good. And, oh, thank you. I just – you know, it's the first one that stuck. Um, it is all about um, kind of in, in line with my career shift that I've had in my life. It's about learning from creative women or women who have brands or businesses of their own and all the kind of tactical Uh, steps that allowed them to step into that profession and what continues to light them up and inspire them and how they, you know, plan their days or how they balance the creative with the business. It's just, um, it's basically an opportunity for me to learn about how other creative women structure their life. And because in my work, like I wish I could work with all these women and brands, um, but not, but right now, you know, I can't really take on any more. I'm, I'm very busy. And so this is just a really fun opportunity to get to chat with them and share the conversations and hopefully inspire people if they are in a place in their work and career that isn't feeling good and they just kind of need a splash of inspiration and want to learn from uh, all these ladies. I love that. Yeah. I think that's such a good – mission and podcast because there's so many people who want to know how to start, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's usually fear and that that's stopping them. But also the journey to beginning is the hardest part. I mean, oh yeah, I feel like I'm a couple of years in, but it's still the beginning and it's still hard. You know, it's yeah. still, you wake up and you don't, you you still have to create your job every day. It's not yeah. given to you. I know. So it's really important, I think, to highlight that Yeah, and to talk about that part of the process. Uh-huh. It's also what makes it exciting. It's I mean, it it makes it sometimes you can either let it overwhelm you or excite you. Like every day you can kind of, I mean, with your work and with mine, I mean, I think mine's a little different because I have some deliverables I have to get people, but I can do them in a pace that works for me. And, um, and I can reach out to other clients or brands that are like super inspiring that I've followed for a while or, um, 
it's yeah, it's really interesting. I think I'm at the very early stage, so it's probably different. And I'd love to hear how it is for you three years in. But um, right now, I'm just balancing like how much time do I dedicate to this podcast versus like helping out brands more. Or um, yeah, it's it's really interesting, but makes it fun. But it is like full time right now. Like I wake up and I think about it. I go to bed and I think about it. I'm trying to balance that better. Yeah. It doesn't go away. I know. It's it's fun, but it's also like you really have to be diligent about your personal practice and meditation and um, not being online all the time because you literally could spend all your hours continuing to grow it, but it wouldn't be <laughs> wouldn't be healthy. Yeah. I mean, that is I think the downside and that's why it's not for everybody because mm-hmm. it's 24/7 and you always feel the responsibility and and maybe down the road it will be different, but I never feel fully relaxed because mm-hmm. there's always something, you know, and yeah. it falls on you. It's yeah. there's no one to pass anything off of. Yeah. Or pass anything off too. You know, everything falls on you. And even when you do get help, you still have to show up for that and like lead that. And yeah. Um, it's it's 24-7. And some days I just wish I could have a break. <laughs> and you have to I think you have to dedicate a lot of your um free time as in podcasting and being on social media and all of that, that's a lot of free time that you have to devote in order to, in order to have a business. That's just kind of how it works now. So you have to really, really want it. Yeah. And, and also accept the workload that comes with it for sure. I know. Cause it's more work, but it's, yeah. it's, it's better work if exactly. you don't like where you are. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's an ownership that you don't, that I didn't have when I was working for another company. Like someone could easily slot into my place and do the same thing versus now everything that I'm creating is fully mine and it'll be as big or small as I make it. But um, it's very cool to have ownership over your work. Yeah. It makes it feel, it makes it feel really worth your time and all the blood, sweat and tears that go into it. Yeah. A deeper meaning. We have some questions from followers and I think they're really, really good. So I'm just going to start spitballing them and you can answer them and I can chime in. But um, someone asked, how can we get past the feeling that we aren't qualified for anything but the corporate world? Hmm. <laughs> that is something that I felt as well. I think um, it's it's really interesting because I didn't really touch on like all of the things that I was interested in going into, like while I was still in the corporate world. I mean, I touched on it briefly, but, um, you know, I was working with um, Reiki teachers. And I was like, I'm going to become a master Reiki teacher. And that's what I'm going to do for work. And then it was like the doula work that I mentioned. And um, I really thought that my work would be more in the spiritual space. And that's when I really, really felt that fear come up of, oh my gosh, I'm not qualified. 
um, I, you know, am an imposter. Like I'm not actually qualified to do any of this, to teach it. Like what am I going to, how am I going to structure these, you know, meetings with people and workshops and things. And I think that that imposter syndrome really comes up when you just like are in a state of having to force it. And when you're desperate to exit a situation, I think as soon as the pressure came off and the timeline of everything was kind of lifted, all that imposter syndrome kind of faded away. I think once I was gentle with the timeline and not attached to the outcome and just seeing what worked, like seeing what stuck, seeing what people resonated with, like, and I was flexible with, um, what my job was going to look like. Like I haven't even put in my, my career into like a one sentence or until the last like six months at the beginning, I was like, Oh, I'm an intern for this company. And Oh, I'm helping this person. And Oh, I didn't know what it was until like all the pieces come together. So I think if I put pressure on myself to have an answer of what I do or what I'm specialized in, or like if I, if I got to attach to um, like a label, I think that's when I would feel like I'm faking it or, um, you know, didn't feel fully, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like as soon as I let the pressure off and the timeline off, it it really freed me up to play with it and not take it so seriously. I think I used to take it very seriously. And now I'm just like, yeah, I'm doing this now. It's really fun. Maybe next year I'll be doing something different. But I hope that's fun too. <laughs> so someone said, did you have a clear vision when starting your own vision or was it something trial and error? So basically it's been trial and error. And trial and error. Yeah. yeah. Originally, it was vision. Like, oh my gosh, I have this specific business that I'm calling in. And yeah, I think that's, I think it was too rigid for me and didn't allow me to be flexible with um, finding out what really stuck. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's business. It's a creative process and you have to let it flow and mm -hmm. let it show you the way because I think there's some things. I really believe that we all have innate gifts and we are supposed to do a work in this world. Like we all have our work in the world that we're yeah. supposed to do. That's why learning about yourself and your astrology and your human design and all of that can be so helpful. But mm -hmm. your the work you're supposed to be doing will show you the way if you're not as rigid because you can have a certain idea I want to do this and you could be trying and it could not be working and mm -hmm. you have to pivot and you have to adjust. Yeah. It's like having a kid. Like you can have as many ideas of what your kid's going to be like as you want, but they're going to show you their strengths and um, what they're passionate about. So you kind of have to just flow with what is revealed to you. What are some top mistakes and areas of improvement that you see in new brands? Someone asked that. That's so good. Mm. Wow. Hear your you can use me too. It's fine. <laughs> I think with um, like, I'm not talking about you in this example, but then I'll think about um, that. I think something is, um, you know, when people are 
starting a new business, I think sometimes they hire people with all the same background experience and ways of thinking. And that kind of leads these teams to blind spots because they don't really ask out of the box questions or see things from a different perspective. Um, And so that's like very quickly how I've found a way to drive impact coming on board with different teams is because, because I have a different background and, you know, very financed, finance corporate background, I can understand what kind of questions business leaders ask, finance leaders, investors. And so um, I think one of my jobs is just asking questions that lead people to dig into um, finding the answers and looking at the data and things like that. So I think for a business, yeah, sometimes like hiring people with all the same background and I think that's even like in life when we're um, in relationships with people and friends, like if everyone has the same way of thinking, like I quickly get bored. I love when people kind of, I think we both love when people ask interesting questions and kind of, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, stir up good conversation. Um, and then I think with, um, I don't know, with, with stuff we've worked on together and, other creators and more creative people, I think the way sometimes they need support is just having someone hold all the work in a container and like repeat it back to them. Like here is how we're going to get there. Cause I think like, even for me, like that'd be awesome if someone organized my time and helped me uh, stay on track and prioritization and things like that. Um, Because it's like, you have to have two brains sometimes like one creative and one, very logical and detail oriented. And um, that's sometimes where I find my strength. I love organization and seeing a path and a path ahead and action steps in chaos. Like I love game planning and stuff like that. So I think with some creators I'm working with, uh, it's all about project management and time scheduling and organization. Yeah. It's really hard for a creative too. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, I think when you're in it and it's your own. Yeah. It helps to have someone come from the outside, but Mm -hmm. I think that's life too. It just helps when someone can help organize. I know. It's like therapy. (laughs) Yeah. Cause you're just so in it. Yeah. Um, Best tips for balancing a hectic, non-negotiable schedule and good food and wellness. Did you have that balance when you were in corporate? Um, I did. There's times when I did and times when I didn't. Um, When I did, everything always was a lot easier. Like even now in my life, like when my food and nutrition and all the like inputs in my life are good, the output is very um, I mean, it's like noticeably different and drastically improved, you know, when my sleep is good, when my hydration is good, when my food is good, my meal times, like not eating close to bed, um, moving every day. Um, so in the, when I was working in the office, I finally found like a really good routine. And this is when I was living in LA, Um, I mean, it looked, it looked pretty robotic and it was like the same every day, but it really worked for me. Um, and so I just kind of 
created a pretty strict routine. And I think this is something you talked about in your second body forward cleanse, like how it, you know, discipline can look harsh to people who haven't, um, offered them themselves the discipline yet or like implemented discipline, but it actually is like a great tool and it's, um, it's actually like respecting your boundaries and doing what's best for you because, oh my God, when you don't have to like think about food or stress about food or worry about if you ate too much or too little or all these like food questions. I th- I'm not on TikTok, but I think people are calling it like food noise or something. Like when you don't have to worry about food, uh, everything really frees up and you have so much more mental space to dedicate to mindfulness or work or relationships. So yeah, when I was living in LA, I brought my lunch in every day and then I went to Erewhon before uh, my workout in that evening. So it was the same every day. <laughs> um, I love that you said that though, because it's so spot on. Food is mm-hmm. can take up so much space in your life and in your mental. And when you get it on a system, like you know what you're eating for your body and you know what makes you feel good and what makes you operate at a very high level. And then you just do that. It frees up so much space. It frees up so much afterthought after you eat. You know, did I eat too much? Was this bad? Should I not eat the the next meal? Mm -hmm. That thought process can literally drive your life. And putting your food on lock can create, I mean, obviously I talk about this all the time, but it creates so much freaking space. Oh, beyond. Yeah. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. This leads to the perfect next question from someone. They said, can you describe a day in your life now in detail versus when you're working at a company? People Hmm. love routines. (laughs) I know. I love routines too. (laughs) Um, My – okay. I'm just going to get very detailed. Um, I wake up. I – um, make myself a decaf coffee because I'm not doing caffeine right now because it was driving my nervous system up the wall. Um, and then I sit for about like 20 and 30 minutes and I, I have like a notebook. I always keep my notes from meetings or calls or like just things I remember throughout the day and I glance through it and then I make myself a new blank page list of like what the day ahead looks like. Um, and that really helps me from getting overwhelmed or getting ahead of myself or thinking there's more on my plate than there actually is. So I, that's like my happy time in the morning when I'm writing my lists. (laughs) And then, um, like today, today I had three meetings with a client of mine and then now I'm recording with you and then I'll probably, go on a walk. It's like 2.30 and I will probably have lunch after this. And then um, and then I n- normally try not to work too much in the afternoons. Um, so I'll either go for a walk or like I'll clean up the house. I'm probably giving too many details. No, <laughs> like I'll do it. laundry or I'll go to the grocery store and think about what I'm making for dinner. I love cooking. You um, are such a good – When I, the reason why we, we work together is because I looked at your profile and I was like, ooh, she gets it. <laughs> I love food. <laughs> Me too. Um, such an Aries thing. I know. I'm telling you, Aries are foodies. 
And it's just like, it's beautiful. I it's love so making beautiful. a pretty meal. Me too. Um, or like I'll go in the garden. I always post about the garden in the backyard. Um, and then, and then like I probably do like two more hours of work in the evenings because that's what feels good to me. Like I could get it done earlier, but I like breaking up the day into like pretty separated chunks of work. Um, I love doing two or three hours in the evening. Yeah. It, it feels, it helps me focus because it, yeah, when the light is not as bright and people aren't online and emailing and stuff, it, it really helps me focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I probably have two chunks of work throughout the day. And then like right now I'm emailing people about coming on my podcast. I'm working with a creative design team on cover art. So it's kind of a mix between actually working for other people and then um, like my creative interest in putting out this podcast. Okay. And then they wanted to know what it was like when you were at corporate, which you kind of mm. described, but do, oh. do your morning tonight. Yes. Um, I would, uh, oh God, I would <laughs> wake up at probably the same time. Like I always wake up pretty early. Um, and then you'd have to like get dressed and take a shower and, um, come up with work outfits. <laughs> now I just wear, you know, jeans and a sweater every day. Um, and I would, oh my gosh. And then I would jump into meetings right away there. Um, I don't know. I, ha I worked on a few different teams at these companies, but I would jump into meetings. I would feel anxious. <laughs> I would um, take a lunch break. And so at my first company, I actually was able to take like a longer lunch, like an, like 45 minutes. So I would like really try to squeeze in podcasts that were inspiring me then like I loved yours I love um almost 30 balanced bond like I love a lot of these amazing podcasts so I really try to squeeze in like ways to incorporate joy into the corporate setting um and then I would probably leave work at like six and then try to figure out if I was having dinner or working out first or working out then dinner and then I would watch a TV show and try to find more joy in the day and go to bed and be stressed. Um, <laughs> I feel like I just did not have time in the day for um, like feeling like myself. I think that was the thing that really stressed me out the most. It was like I was having to turn on and be this, you know, corporate uh, appropriate woman who, you know, was super um, prepared for all the meetings and um, getting ahead of her work and coming in early. And so I just feel like I didn't really have room to bring myself to that um, work and move at a slower pace and be feminine and gentle and creative. Like finances, not, I mean, some of the work is creative, but um, there's just no room for error or, um, yeah. So I don't know. I can't even really describe a day in the life because it was pretty, I, I don't, it's pretty boring. <laughs> well, that's okay. Yeah. You described your life now. So in yeah. detail. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, beautiful. So where can everybody find you? 
podcast, your Instagram, all the things. Mm-hmm. Instagram is Brooke McKenzie, M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E, four underscores. <laughs> Everything else is taken. Um, I love it, though. I always and, love you. Yeah. And the podcast is coming out September 5th. Um, it will be, I don't know, everywhere you can find podcasts, I guess. Um, I'll put it in the show notes when it's yeah. out. And what else? I think that's it. I'm helping some people uh, in a mentorship capacity for people who are looking to leave their, um, or not leave, or just people who are trying to understand um, a pivot or a shift or altogether different direction in their work. Um, so I'm doing that and loving it. And um, yeah, so follow me if you want more garden food inspo. <laughs> Best follow. <laughs> really. <laughs> My favorite. It's such an exhale, your content. Yeah, I just try to keep it calm. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow along on social media at Kenzie Burke and for all things nutritional healing and body at Body Forward. And if you're looking for versatile clothing that will help you transcend the seasons as undone as it is refined at Shop Brulee. Everything is linked in the show notes and I'll see you on the next episode.